What's going on, family? It's episode 128 of The Genius Life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods and The Genius Life. Oh my God, you guys, I'm so excited for this episode of the show. Now, many of you know that I have a cat, which is mind-blowing even to me, having grown up with dogs. But I'm now the proud cat dad of one four-legged fur baby by the name of Delilah, and she is wonderful. Now, given my curiosity for all things, I wanted to have someone on the podcast to talk to me about Delilah's eccentricities, of which she has many. So I'm thrilled to welcome the cat counselor, aka Kristen Cole, aka a feline behavior consultant to the show. Over the next hour, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, and you're going to discover a number of fascinating things like what's the best diet to feed your cat? What's the best kitty litter to use? What's the best way to make sure that your cat actually uses the litter box? How do you deal with cat allergies? What do you do if you have a smelly cat? Why annual vet visits are so crucial? And so much more. I also asked Kristen questions sent in by you over Instagram. So if you responded to my poll a couple of weeks ago, listen in to see if your question was asked. If you love cats, this might be the most enjoyable hour of podcasting you've ever listened to and will no doubt help you develop a new appreciation for the little lion in your living room. But if you don't love cats, and I know you're out there, this episode may convert you. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this episode leads to a measurable spike in adoption rates across the globe. To be sure, we'll have to wait and see to find out, but be sure sure to share this episode with your friends and loved ones to help. Now, also, this episode is up in its entirety on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch all the fun go down, including a cameo from Delilah herself, go to youtube.com slash Max to watch the episode in its entirety. And don't forget to subscribe to my channel while you're there. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my good friends at Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley make a line of super delicious beef sticks that are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished that you can conveniently throw into your purse, throw into your car, throw into your backpack whenever you want a delicious and nourishing snack on the go. Their flavors are so on point. You can go for their original variety. They also have a teriyaki variety that is gluten-free. They have a jalapeno flavor. They have uh, a garlic flavor, a summer sausage flavor. Really, um, whatever it is that your palate is desiring, Paleo Valley has an option for you. And again, the beef comes from cows that are fed grass for the entirety of their lives. You're getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished products that... Um, are sustainably produced and good for the planet, good for you. If you'd like to save 15% off of anything that Paleo Valley has to offer, go to paleovalley.com slash max and you'll get to save some cheddar that you can then put towards, I don't know, buying a, you know, a new book or maybe upgrading the quality of your cat food or, you know, whatever it is that you uh, are interested in spending that extra 15% that you've saved on. So that's paleovalley.com slash max. Definitely try out their stuff. I'm a huge fan and uh, I wouldn't let them sponsor the podcast if I wasn't. So paleovalley.com slash max, save 15% off. Thank you guys. This episode of the show is also sponsored by Juve. It's no secret that we spend a lot of our time indoors today looking at screens. In fact, according to surveys, Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors. Over 90%. The big downside to this is that we get less sunlight than we need and we're overexposed to bright blue light from our phones, computers, and TV screens all the time. Almost the entirety of the time that we're awake. This can create an imbalance of light that can lead to negative effects like poor sleep, disruption of our circadian rhythms, and even inflammation. Now, UV light from the sun helps us create vitamin D, but there are other colors and wavelengths of sunlight that are important for our health as well. As thousands of peer-reviewed studies have shown, red and near-infrared light are also crucial to our health. It's not always easy to get outside more each day, so I happen to love the Juve, which is a device that I was given from the company and I've been using consistently for the past couple of months. And I have to say, it makes me feel great. Juve is the leading red light therapy brand. They've isolated red and near infrared wavelengths of light to deliver them directly to your skin and your cells in the comfort of your own home with none of the potential downsides of excess sunlight, which uh, can, you know, over time lead to skin damage. If you're interested in checking out anything that Juve has to offer, go to Juve dot com slash genius life and juve is spelled j o o v v two o's two v's 
J-O-O-V-V.com slash Genius Life and apply my code Genius Life to your qualifying order to get a free gift with purchase. Exclusions apply, limited time only, but check out Juve for that red light therapy and please let me know what you think. All right, guys, we're just seconds away from this chat with the wonderful cat counselor about all things feline health, feline behavior. You're going to crack up. This was such a fun um, an interesting conversation. Honestly, one of my favorite episodes that I've taped to date. So saddle up. I just can't wait for you to listen to it. But before we dive in, guys, please take a moment to join my newsletter at maxlugavir.com. It's the best way for me to be able to get out to you the latest science that I think you ought to know about that has the potential to improve your life, my latest projects, can't miss podcast episodes, exclusive discounts, and so much more. If you go to maxlugavir.com and you enter your first name and your email address, right off the bat, I'm already going to be delivering on my promise by sending you a free PDF ebook of 12 supplements that you can use to potentially boost your brain function. Um, some of the usual suspects are on there like fish oil and vitamin D, but there's 10 others that you may or may not be familiar with, along with a pretty thorough um, explanation as to why I personally believe that they are worth uh, considering taking. So maxlugavir.com, again, join my newsletter. You can also join my text message community by texting the word genius to 310-299-9401. I've got some really exciting stuff coming up uh, that I can't wait to share with you. And if you're really committed to living the genius life, then join my newsletter, join my text message community, because you're going to hear about those updates first before anybody else, even those on social media. So um, yeah, I would very much appreciate that. And your privacy is always 100% um, respected. I don't give your information out to anybody else and you can opt out at any time. No questions asked. So Thank you. I would appreciate that. Uh, just a reminder that you can also watch this episode of the show on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Max Lugavere. You'll get to see a cameo of Delilah at the very beginning. Um, and I think that's it. So now without further ado, enjoy episode 128 of The Genius Life with the Cat Counselor, Kristen Cole. Can you get a face bump? Face bump on camera, eh? Hey. Face bump. <laughs> She's the best. Hi. Oh, do I get one too? Oh, good. <laughs> Give Kristen a face bump, Delilah. Come on. Hey. Can I get one? There you Thank go. You. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I get the butt bump too. Excellent. You, get, you got the butt bump? <laughs> what's a what's a butt bump, dude? What, yeah, what does that mean? They kind of like show you their butts. Like a, is that for her? That, that was, was for so me. nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually for me, but I guess she's thirsty and, you know. <laughs> I, I, I kiss her like on the lips, like I, like me and Del we have a very like special relationship. So I don't, I don't mind her, you know, drinking, <laughs> drinking out of my cup. So I'll get toxoplasmosis. What's the big deal? Look at that. So cute. She's, that was like the perfect setup. <laughs> she's the best. Um, well, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. You are a cat behaviorist. Cat behavior consultant. A yes. cat behavior consultant. Okay. Essentially the same thing, but I'm not veterinary trained, so that's I like fine. To go with behavior consultant. But this is what you do professionally. I mean, you consult yes. with you consult with clients that have cats that have like behavior problems. You help train cats. Yep. You you understand better than most cat psychology. I like to think so. Yes. So that's why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> how did you um? How did you get into that? So I moved to the LA area, gosh, seven and a half years ago and got involved with cat rescue because we have overpopulation issues and so forth here in um, Southern California. And I started fostering. I don't know why I thought I would be a good foster. I fell in love with all of them. Um, and essentially I ended up with six cats. And wow. I was like, I need to find a more sustainable way to keep cats out of the shelter aside from bringing them all into my house. Um, so I ended up kind of stumbling across, uh, a feline behavior, uh, certification program online. So it was a, a year long program that I took, um, with classes on general animal behavior, feline behavior, feline training, nutrition, um, all that good stuff. And then I did some kind of like externship hours basically with, um, a couple of the different rescue groups and some in-home clients. And here I am. Here you are. Somehow I still have more cats than I did when I started. So that's amazing. But they're foster. So if anyone's looking for a cat, let me know. I got three really cute ones. You're the girl. <laughs> that's cool. I was looking for um just interesting people that I could have on the podcast that I could talk to that were sort of outside of the realm of health and wellness. And I was like, I'd love for somebody to come over and analyze this <laughs> this wild animal over here. 
Oh my gosh. I wonder why she's so thirsty. She's nervous. Is she nervous? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she does this often. She's um, probably on camera often. She does. You know, it's so funny that my mom had two cats and one of them in particular would preferentially like to drink water out of a glass on the table. Super, super strange. But, um, but yeah, I'm just happy that she's, that she's getting hydrated. <laughs> I try to feed her like the healthiest cat food that I can find. Okay. Um, cats are obligate carnivores, right? Indeed they are. Yes. What, I mean, what can you tell us about cat nutrition? So obviously you just mentioned the most important part. They are obligate mm. carnivores. Um, you know, there's vegan diets out there that people try for cats. I know dogs can technically do it, but not good for cats. Definitely that, that sounds would not like a recommend really, it. That sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so being an obligate carnivore, they're not really designed to process a lot of plant matter and things like that. So, you know, the higher protein, higher quality foods that you can give them, the better. Uh, a lot of the dry foods that we feed our cats today are just loaded with carbs and fillers and just a bunch of junk that they don't need and can't really process. Um, dry food is also obviously not full of moisture. Cats generally get their hydration from the food that they eat in the wild or a coffee cup um, <laughs> on the table. And that is just water. Right? Just water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, the dry foods just don't give them a lot of hydration and they don't have the ability to kind of flush out the toxins and things like that. So as cats get older, if they eat an unhealthy, all dry food diet, a lot of people will free feed, which isn't really great either. Um, they can end up obese. It's a big problem with people and animals, especially cats. Um, but because they're not, you know, flushing out the toxins and things like that, they can actually end up with some kidney issues as they get older as well. So, so it's really important then not just to feed them dry food mm -hmm. if they require uh, getting their moisture from food. Yep. Um, you know, with the... Personally, I give my cats a really high quality dry food and wet food. Mm. They get both. Um, there's some debate that dry food might be better for their teeth. Depends who you talk to. Mm. Um, but in general, the more wet food that they can eat, it is more natural. Um, you've never really eaten, seen a tiger eating a bowl of cereal in the yeah. wild, right? So um, that's essentially what we feed them with their bowls of kibble. So, oh, you know, the more fresh type wet moist meats that we can feed them, the better. They also need, um, they need like not just muscle meat, right? Like we can't just feed them like chicken out of a can or tuna out of a can. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot of different, um, you know, essential vitamins and minerals and nutrients that cats need that aren't just in like a piece of ground chicken. Um, taurine is really important for them. So, you know, a lot of animals do well with like organ meats and things like that. Um, thankfully there's a lot of good, like raw food companies out there now that are doing, um, you know, the, the essentials that the cats need instead of just the ground meat yeah so, so. where do you find taurine taurine you can find in, in organ meats um i would have to double check that but mm. yes i believe so um a lot of the pet food manufacturers are making sure that those levels are in there um you know in, in the past they were not doing that um dog yeah. foods and cat foods have thankfully come a very long way yeah. there's a lot more healthy options out there than uh than there used to be there's so. a there's a have you seen the documentary pet fooled I have not seen it, but I've heard about it. Yes. Yeah. It's basically oh. all about like the pet food industry. Yeah. It's crazy. Pretty disgusting pretty whenever disgusting. you uh, learn what goes into animals. Yeah. Sure. I mean, ultra processed foods are not good for humans, you know? Right. And if you think about the fact that most pets are being fed for the entirety of their lives, these like ultra processed foods, you yeah. don't know what the hell is in them. Yeah. It's scary. You, you don't want to know what the hell's in them. You don't want to know. <laughs> but that's why so many pets get sick. And that's not like a trivial point, you know, like pets are children to the people that own them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, you know, I'll step off my soapbox. But, <laughs> um, so I prepared some questions that I want to ask you because you know a lot about cat behavior. And so I'm just going to lay them on you. And then I also took questions from my Instagram audience. Awesome. So if you're cool with it, I'm going to ask you some questions from my followers that okay. have, uh, sent in questions over my Instagram stories. I, I polled them for their most burning cat-related questions. <laughs> um, but I guess first off, you know, so Delilah, as much as I love her, she's a cat. When I kiss her, does she interpret that as a loving gesture? It kind of depends on the cat, right? Um, a lot of the things that we do to cats aren't really natural to them. You don't really see them kissing each other on the mouths out <laughs> in the wild. You might see the head bump, things like that. Um, some cats are a lot more affectionate than others. Um, I have 
few cats at home and a couple of them are super affectionate. My Siamese boy, he literally demands that I kiss him. Like if he's sitting on my lap while I'm working, he like does this little <laughs> head bump. And if I ignore him, he pats me on the cheek and I literally have to like bend down and like give him kisses on the forehead. So it really just kind of depends on the cat. Some cats, yes, they see it as a sign of affection. If it's a strange cat that you don't know and you try to kiss it, you might get smacked. Similar with humans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I I find that Delilah actually like demands kisses and she I can, I mean I kiss her on the lips. Like it's like the f- most ridiculous <laughs> thing ever that I do that. But uh but yeah, I just want her to really understand that, you know, that that she's like my little daughter that, you know, uh that I love unconditionally. Um even when she's biting my face and scratching at me doing all the normal cat things that she does that she does in fact do um so cats roll over and my cat rolls over i love to just like bury my face in her belly is that a smart thing to do again actually the answer to probably a lot of these questions is Mm. going to be it depends on the cat Mm. um just like humans they all have very different personalities different preferences different things that they're comfortable with um typically when a cat shows you its belly it's kind of a sign of vulnerability. It's showing you that they trust them, that they trust you. Excuse me. A lot of cats, if you go in and try to touch that belly, they're like, no, no. Hmm. I said I trusted you, but I was not inviting you to touch my belly. Um, so for a cat to show the belly, um, that's where all their organs are. You know, it's kind of like if they're fighting. That's part of what can be injured. So, you know, it's, it's them showing that they trust you. Some cats love belly rubs and are totally cool with it and don't mind you burying your face in it or kissing the belly. Um, other cats will smack you or hmm. bite you or just take off if you try to touch the belly. So got it. So it's like a sign. It's not necessarily an invitation. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. I um, so proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I mean, yeah. I I all like pet. I there was this thing that I saw once, and it was in like a college level biology class. But um, it was called what was it called the homunculus diagram of how a cat perceives the world and it was drawn to scale in terms of like a cat's sensory perception of the world and it's basically like the cat perceives the world primarily like 90 percent through its head yeah so if you want to make friends with a cat and this might be why i think i'm i'm so good with cats which is even surprising to me (laughs) you focus on their head like you pet their head between their, you know, eyes and things like that, because that's where they're perceiving the world. You know, like they don't really care about their body being pet and things like right. that, even though we like to pet their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And scent is super important for cats. Um, one of the most important senses that they have is scent. Um, the other reason that they kind of lead with the head, um, they have scent glands in like their forehead and in their cheeks. And part of what helps a cat feel secure in their environment, whatever it is, is marking. And so the head bumps are a sign of affection. They're kind of marking you with their scent when they rub their cheeks on you. Or I don't know if your doors in the apartment have the little kind of like grubby marks right around the head mark. Hmm. That's kind of like where they like rub their scent to kind of mark their territory. Wow, on the doors. Yeah. Super. I'm going to look for that. (laughs) That's super interesting. She also has this uh, really interesting behavior that me and my brother, because me and my brother share custody of her. She's our joint little child. <laughs> um, we, we rescued her together. And um, she does this thing whenever she sees us. We call it the yawn and roll. It's like almost like clockwork. If we are out of the house, we come in, or if we've been like out of the living room and she's in the living room, she'll see us, she'll yawn, and then she'll roll over. Okay. What does the yawning signify? So I can't say exactly what the yawning signifies, but the rolling over is kind of her way of, of greeting you. Mm. Um, it sounds like she's okay with you touching her belly. So that could be, you know, kind of her sign of welcoming you home and kind of starting a, a little yeah welcome home uh, Just like a, a welcome home you, party. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought the yawning is like, you know, you yawn when you're comfortable. Like yeah. if you're in a stressed state, if you're in a fight or flight state, you're not going to yawn. You know, true. Some cats, though, will display displacement behavior. So when they're like in a situation that they're super nervous or uncomfortable, you'll notice them like smacking their lips. Some cats will yawn. Some will like start licking themselves, just kind of anything that they can kind of do to help make themselves comfortable while 
kind of avoiding the situation they're in. Not saying that's what she's doing by any means, but. Interesting though. So they can, like if you see excessive grooming, that could be a sign. Yep, absolutely. Of what, that's a displacement behavior? Yep, yeah. So a lot of cats, that's actually one of the um, types of cases that I see is over grooming. And basically when cats are super stressed or anxious, grooming is kind of a comforting behavior for them. And so if they're in a stressful environment or there's something that's bothering them, a lot of cats will overgroom. Typically, it's like their belly area um, and their back legs if it's kind of stress related. So, um, yeah, all kinds of different ways that stress kind of affects and manifests in cats. So, That's so interesting. they seem like so cool and like independent, but stress actually has a, a really big impact on their life and health. So, wow. Sometimes I'll notice my cat, she's like doing something, she's like just doing something. And then it'll almost seem like a compulsion, like she'll start licking herself really quickly and then she'll go back to the task at hand. Is that like, is that like, what is that? What's that all about? It depends what the circumstance is. Um, she could have like hit her paw and been like, ugh, that yeah. hurt. Um, it could have been like some sort of frustration, like she was chasing a fly and like got agitated for a second. Um, kind of just depends on on exactly the scenario. But I do find that cats are, a little bit ADD, you know, like squirrel. Yes, <laughs> totally. Is playing with a cat simply annoying them for our entertainment or are they actually having fun? So long as you are doing it right, hmm. it is good for that. Um, with cats, they are obviously a lot of them are domesticated to a sense. They live in a house with us. They mostly go to the bathroom in a box for us. Um, but they're still very hardwired to be wild animals, right? They're, they're not like dogs. They weren't bred for specific reasons. Most of the cats that are bred are for aesthetics, right? For the way they look, not for a particular job. You don't really see many bomb sniffing cats out there. They just don't care enough to help us with that. Um, they could do it. They just choose not to. Um, but what were we talking about? Like when see, you play squirrel. with them. Yes. <laughs> Playing. Yes. So play is so important for cats because now that we've brought them inside, they don't have, um, not that I'm by any means a proponent for letting your cat just roam around, but um, life isn't quite as enriching for cats whenever they're inside, depending on what their environment's like. And so the more mentally and physically active and stimulated we can keep a cat, um, the happier they are, the less likely they are to have any kind of behaviors, whether it's aggression or litter box issues or destructive behaviors. Um, you know, so depending how you're playing with your cat, it's actually a really good thing for them because it helps fulfill those innate needs to hunt and things like that. So, um, you know, unless you're being really annoying, like hitting them in the head with a feather toy, um, typically they really enjoy playing. Not all cats are as into it as uh, others, but the majority of them will. Interesting. Really dig a play session. I um so I have this like pole that has a rope that has a it's like a very common sort of cat toy. And I find that uh Delilah will often walk over to the toy and then with her paw like nudge the pole towards me, like yeah. trying to get me to play with her, which I think is a very intelligent thing to do yes. for a cat. Yeah. The cats are very smart. Super smart. Yeah. I don't like to call them manipulative, but generally they know just what buttons to push to get us to do what they want. Typically, they're better at training us than we are at training them. That's Is that why like cats are sort of thought to be more embody thought cats are thought more to embody sort of the feminine, you know, energy? They're just they know how to like really get you to do what they want. And dogs right. are more like dogs are more loyal. Well, yeah. it depends who we're talking about here, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who's smarter, dogs or cats? Depends what what scenario we're in, right? Depends. Then there's the, the the big debate like are cat people smarter or dog people smarter? I think all animal people are smart. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love animal people. I never thought that I'd be a cat person. I mean I, I got lucky. I so Delilah's my second cat. The first cat that I had was named Harlem. And I, I, I named her that because I found her in Harlem in New York City. And uh, she was with me for five, six years and she had like a crazy congenital like heart issue and she she passed away and about 2008 but um but i've always been lucky like the cats that i've found they've all been super affectionate affectionate uh super personal personable um and not the sort of like aloof stereotype that we often sort of you know paint the cat with right um and that's why i'm just so happy to have a cat you know? yeah um yeah it's always interesting people um 
come to my house and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not a cat person. And they come in and, of course, they're greeted by probably more cats than they've ever seen in, in one place at the same time. Um, but mine are all very social. They're kind of like dogs. They greet you at the door. Um, my Lynx Point Siamese, she jumps up on the cat tree. She has to sniff everybody's forehead. That's how I determine who's cool and who's not, like whether they actually let her sniff the forehead. Um, but people are like, oh, cats are cool. So it just kind of depends on what your experience is. You know, mine are definitely not under the bed cats. A lot of cats are. Kind of depends on what stimuli they were exposed to during the very early weeks of their life. And unfortunately, even just a teeny tiny window between like three and seven or eight weeks called the sensitive period. Hmm. And if they're not like exposed to humans or they had some sort of tragic experience, unfortunately, that tiny window really has a big impact on shaping the rest of their their life. So Wow. So that the sensitive period, is that, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. So if you so basically it's it's safe to assume that a cat like Delilah or another personable, friendly, human loving cat was exposed to humans mm -hmm. during that during that period. Generally speaking, yes. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Because I've seen certainly some cats that are just really aloof, don't, you know, just yep. aren't personable at all, not friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I would never want to, I mean, I'm sure that those cats provide value to their owners, but I just, mm -hmm. you know, it's like not, it's not the same kind of, right. you know. Yeah. And some of it goes back on to the pet parent as well, right? Like, what are they doing to entice their cat to be? friendlier what kind of life are they providing for that cat maybe that cat's just bored out of his mind and it's like whatever i give up this place sucks i'm just gonna stay under the bed all the time oh, man. <laughs> come on cats get with it um one behavior that my cat does a lot she'll she'll do that like kneading thing uh -huh. um and it's so cute when she does it she no matter where in the room i am she's always like looking at me when she does it like straight into the eyes kneading while staring at me what is that what is that about? So kneading is another one of those comforting behaviors for cats. A lot of cats will do it um, as they're kind of like tucking in for a nap or going to sleep at night. Um, it kind of translates to like when they're nursing on their mom and they need to help kind of get the milk out. Um, so a lot of it goes back to that just being like a, a natural cat behavior. Some cats will grow out of it and not need as they get older. Other cats will continue to need forever. Um, some cats will suckle also while they need. So they do the whole, you know, the whole process, really. They make like a mouth Uh-huh. Yeah. Motion. So they actually like suckle on a blanket or some will suckle on your arm or your ear. That's the cutest thing. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's cuter when they're young. I have a couple of sucklers at home and different breeds are more predisposed to be sucklers. And um, one of mine, he just, he drools like a St. Bernard. It's <laughs> not really cute. It's cute, but it's gross too. Oh man. Yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. I love when they do that. Hey guys, I just want to let you know about one of my favorite companies in the supplement space. And that is Live On Labs. Live On Labs makes a number of really important uh, supplement products that um, can be used to boost levels of different compounds like say vitamin C, which is important for collagen production and immune support um, in a way that basically bypasses sort of some of the regulatory mechanisms in our GI tract that would otherwise uh, disallow us from absorbing um, a significant amount of a high dose of vitamin C. If you would like to learn more about the benefits of liposomal vitamin C, you can head over to liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S.com and check them out. They also make a really cool magnesium 3 and 8 supplement, um, a glutathione product, which can be used to boost, you know, the body's master antioxidant, glutathione. And they produce the highest quality liposomal uh, supplements that I'm aware of. I mean, there's a lot of imitator companies out there, but my money goes to Live On Labs. So check out, again, liveonlabs.com. And now back to the interview with Kristen. Is it true that cats only meow with humans? So most of their meowing is either when they're a baby and they're trying to communicate with their mother or typically geared towards humans. So there's lots of other vocalizations that cats will do when communicating with other cats if they're angry or, or whatnot. But um, typically the the just meows are are more towards humans or the mom when they're a baby. But, so my, my cat has like this cute little meow and then sometimes she'll uh, like howl almost. Uh -huh. And I notice that she howls usually when it's like when I'm not in the room. So I wonder if that's like her sort of way of like 
reminiscing. Summoning you back. Summoning me back or <laughs> longing, you know, I don't know. Or that's in my own head. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Well, depending on time of day, like some cats get crazy at night, right? And we'll do howling. And just by nature, cats are, you know, more active at dusk and dawn. Some cats stay up all night hunting when they're out in the wild. And so there's a lot of um, clients that I work with whose cats have excessive vocalization overnight. And so... Hmm. I um I lock my cat out of my room at night. Is that uh is that cruel? You know, if it works for you and it works for her, then no. They're, the thing is they're they're nocturnal and my sleep is crucially important to me. And I'm sure to many of my listeners. And as much as I love my cat, I don't really see any reason for her to be like in the bedroom at night and and she pretty consistently wakes me up or okay. like way earlier in the morning than I would otherwise wake up. Okay. So I just lock Even her Even with the door closed or when you do let her in? When I do let her in. Okay. Sometimes I feel bad. I mean, sometimes I just feel like, oh, she's been so sweet today. Because <laughs> my she doesn't, you know, she actually doesn't sleep at the foot of the bed. She likes to sleep on the pillow and not just on any pillow, but the pillow that is meant for my head and like right in the middle of that pillow. So it makes it really hard. Yeah. Like often she'll she'll because I'm a stomach sleeper. My head is is usually to the side. She will come and plop herself down <laughs> like right on the pillow, right up against my mouth, almost suffocating me <laughs> so that I can't breathe. So that makes it really hard to sleep. So I, I tend to lock her out. Yeah. Some cats will scream and cry like outside the door all night if you close them out. I oh. let my cats in because there's way more of them than there are me. So they win most battles in my house. But I find whenever I travel and I don't have a cat sleeping on me. It's actually harder for me to fall asleep. Interesting. It's like the purrs. I don't know. I find them real loud. It's soothing. It's sort of yeah. like uh, it's it's sort of like like white noise. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I, I have an app now that has cat purrs part of my white noise. Seriously. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I discovered. So, did you know that there's white noise, but there's also pink noise and brown noise? No. So brown noise is sort of a. It does the same thing almost that white noise does, but it's much deeper on the audio frequency okay. spectrum. So it's just like a deeper tone. It's it's like the sound of like a, it's sort of like the low hum of like an air conditioner, for example. Okay. And I found it much more comforting to sleep to yeah, brown noise. Yeah, that sounds like it. Some of the white noises are just like, yeah. It's very high pitch. Yeah. It's like nails on a chalkboard exactly. almost. Exactly, yeah. But brown noise, brown, no brown noise is what's up. All right, I'll have, have to look into that. Um... What is it about, so cats like, sometimes they will want, like if the door is closed, they'll try to get in and then you let them in. And as soon as you let them in, they want to get out. <laughs> cats like to be in control. So <laughs> most cats don't like closed doors. Um, again, once they get in, they're like, okay, the yeah. door's not closed. I'm cool. They yeah. just, you know, they it, want to be part of everything that's going on. And they just when have they're like, not, they get upset about it. They have FOMO. They finally freaking get into the room. They realize that, eh. They realize you were just going to the bathroom and it wasn't that exciting. And they're like, exciting. whatever. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> get me out of here. God. Cats are so hard to please. Um, You train cats, right? A little bit, yes. A little bit. Yeah. Can I train my cat to walk outside with me like a dog? That's like a dream. You can. Um, I would definitely do it on a harness and leash, of course. Yes. Um, but yes, there's lots of, uh, cats that are, are great on harness and leash. Again, depends on the cat. Um, some cats have zero interest in it. If you have a cat who is interested in outside, um, I am a big proponent for outdoor time for cats. So long as it's safe, secure, and supervised. I have a catio for my house. Um, the cats have 24 seven access. Their litter boxes are out there. They get to go out in the morning whenever they want, really. Um, just get that fresh air and the sunshine. I just think that that's such a great form of enrichment for cats. Mm. Um, so if you're able to harness and leash train your cat and your cat is interested in going outside, absolutely. Um, there's a big Instagram page called Adventure Cats. And it's literally just cats that like travel the world with their owners on harness and leash. They kayak and camp and climb and. No way. Pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Adventure Cats. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Yeah. I got to check them out on yeah. Instagram. Yep. That's so cool. I really want to do that because that's the one thing. That's the one thing that I feel like I miss out on by having a cat, not a dog. I'd like to walk around town, you know. You could get a stroller. A cat stroller. That would draw attention. The right kind of attention? <laughs> it depends what kind of attention you're looking for, I guess. I mean, the, the, the thing is Delilah's a lover and people love her. 
And so I just feel like being able to walk her outside would be like the best thing ever. But if does she not, like to go outside? She likes to be. I have like a little sort of like outdoor patio that she goes. Do you call it a catio? Is that it, what I, yeah, that's what I call it. If it's like an enclosed. That's kind yeah. of. Yeah. I have a patio and a catio. Wow. Your cats are lucky. <laughs> yeah, I just I have like this little outdoor space. She goes out there, she hangs out, she rolls over, she um, eats grass for some reason. There's like some grass out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good for her. Um, a lot of cats will eat grass to actually help them grow up. Why do they do that? They have like a hairball or something. If they're nauseous, yeah. Usually when they they eat the grass, it's actually to help them vomit. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. Um. Do our cats really like us or do they merely tolerate us? Again, depends on the cat. Mm. But I would say in general, typically they like us. Yeah. Yeah. Some just tolerate us. But it kind of depends on the pet parent we are, right? Like, I feel that my cats like me. They greet me at the door when I get home. And it sounds like Delilah likes you. She rolls over, shows you the belly, gives you a little yawn. Mm. Um, I think in general, yes, cats like us. Um, They do typically, if there's more than one person in the household, um, will have a favorite. Mm. Um, typically, whoever cares for them the most. So whoever's feeding them, whoever's taking care of their litter box, playing with them, uh, they can form different, you know, bonds with different people in the house. Interesting. Um, I def- yeah, I definitely feel that Delilah has a, a solid bond with me and my brother. Um, anybody listening who wants to actually see Delilah can go to my Instagram page. I have a whole highlight reel with, uh, with, uh, videos of her climbing all over me and face bumping me. It's the cutest. She's so cute. Um, so I pulled my Instagram audience for questions, as I mentioned, and I got some really good questions. So I'm going to throw a few of these at you. Uh, some of them were pretty funny. Like the Ben Melton asked, what are cats? (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know if we have to answer that. They're magical creatures. They're magical creatures. Uh, and then Dor X Equis asked, how many carbs are in a cat? <laughs> that, I don't know. You might know the answer better than I. I, I don't Hopefully know. not too many because they shouldn't be eating a lot of them. Yeah. I would imagine that there are not many carbs in a cat. Um, so yeah, but don't, don't eat cats. Yeah, please don't do that. Please don't eat cats. Um... So Taryn Southern asked, are cat allergies mainly caused by the dander in their hair? How to best be rid of cat allergies? So, um, yeah, so cat allergies do mostly come from their dander. Um, Some people think that hairless cats are hypoallergenic. There is actually no such thing, unfortunately, as a hypoallergenic cat. There are a couple of breeds that are supposedly slightly less allergenic. Um, but the allergens can actually come from their saliva as well. So there's some good over-the-counter allergy medicines that work well for certain people. It just depends on what your body reacts to. Um, there's actually a new food out that is supposed – you feed it to the cat, and it's supposed to actually help kind of um, neutralize the allergens. Um, I haven't personally tried it. Thankfully, I'm not allergic to cats because that would be a bad line of work that I was in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's supposed to help. And then there's another product out there called Allerpet C for cat. And it's basically a solution that you like put on a cloth or a glove and just kind of like wipe the cat down um, a couple times a week. And that's supposed to help a lot. Um, we've had at the rescue, it's actually helped save a couple of adoptions. So Wow, that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah, And keeping clean air, air not air fresheners, air purifiers um, can be helpful. Um hardwood floors you know so that the dander and stuff isn't getting stuck in the carpets and things like that very interesting i um kind of unrelated but uh we were in a pinch and we needed to um buy some cat litter for my cat uh because she spent spent the night at my brother's house and the only cat litter that we could find was at a drugstore and it was i just think this is important to mention on the podcast because we probably have a lot of cat you know cat owners and whatever listening to this the only cat litter that was available was like a deeply fragranced cat litter. And, you know, a year ago, two years ago, I probably wouldn't have thought much of it, but it actually got me thinking about how bad that is for not just the cat. I mean, it's definitely got to be bad for the cat, but also the people with whom the cat lives. I mean, the cat is getting these, you know, phthalates, these endocrine disrupting compounds on their paws, mm-hmm. you know, on their fur, licking it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I find um, most of the products, to be honest, that are designed for animals, they're really not designed for animals or even really with the animal in mind. They're designed for us. Like nobody wants to look at a litter box. Nobody wants to smell a litter box. So they put all these fragrances in there and put a litter box and a planter and the cat has to climb through a hole this big. And it's good for me because I get to go in and, you know, teach them about litter box setups. But um, yeah, most most products aren't really designed for the animals. My favorite litter is actually it's like an all natural, unscented clumping litter. It's made out of grass seed. Um, I'm not a big fan of the clay litters. Um, yeah, just the clay, the dust. Yeah. Um, well, do, can you mention the brand? Um, so there's actually a few that are similar. There's Smart Cat um, was the original brand. I do Chewy a lot. Uh, their brand is Frisco. Um, and it's just a grass grass seed litter. Um, and then I think the Petco has like a so fresh hmm. brand of it, but it's a, just an all natural. It's hands down my favorite litter. And with nine cats, yeah. it's important to have a, a good litter. A good litter. <laughs> but you want to go for unscented. Yep. Um, that's super, super important. Yeah. And while we're on the topic, litter boxes, the more comfortable you can make your litter box for your cat, the more likely they are to use it. So most of the litter boxes are too small. You want your cat to be able to turn around. They don't need to play Twister to go to the bathroom. Like the ones that they have to like jump in the top and stick their head out a hole to like go to the bathroom. Like can't be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad that you brought that up. But yeah, that's a, that's an that's an important thing. Um, stay away from those fragrances. Yeah. Uh, those fragranced cat litters. Um, cats don't like the smell either. Going back to their scent being so important, it's just super overwhelming. I'm sure. Yeah. Is there a way to, I mean, some cats, some cats are smelly. I actually find, and this is not just because, you know, I love her and I'm, I'm impervious, but she actually, like the bathroom, she, do, she doesn't smell. Yeah. Like her litter box doesn't smell. Yeah. Um, is that a dietary thing or is that just an individual? Yeah, it can definitely be dietary. Um, you know, the, the lesser quality foods, obviously garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Um, you know, the higher quality foods, A, there's usually a lot less output because the body's actually using most of what Goes it's in. putting in there. So, yeah. um, but yeah, quality of stool, odors, all of that is, is better with a higher quality food for sure. As far as urine goes, I mean, it's, it depends on how hydrated they are, um, you know, when they were neutered in life. Males can tend to be a little bit more odorous in the urine department than mm. than females. Um, but as far as the other side of things goes, yes, food can definitely help with those uh, those stinky stools. Yeah, no, that's good to know. That's super important because I think a lot of people would be deterred from owning a cat because of that. Yeah, um, because of that stereotype that cats are smelly. My cat yeah. doesn't smell at all. Like yeah. you don't know that I have right. a cat walking in. No, nope. I mean other even than me with nine cats. Nobody people walk in and they're like, whoa. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's so important. I feed my cat, um, and I've I've no affiliation with this company whatsoever, but uh I've found that she and she she enjoys the food and it keeps her nice and like she's she's a healthy weight, mm -hmm. but she's not in any way overweight. Um Origins, okay. six fish. Okay. It's like 90% protein, wild fish, you know, a bunch of different fish. Um, and it's only 10% like other stuff. Yep. And it's taurine enriched and yep. um yeah. And I believe, yeah, raw as well. Okay. Uh, okay. So next question from the Instagram audience. Uh, we already talked about headbutting. Um, my best friend underscore EM asked, why does my cat headbutt me? You said that it was to kind of mark. Yeah. Kind of like a, an affectionate um, behavior as well as kind of marking the scent. Like you're mine. Yeah. I love that. I love In a good way. If you're going to be marked by a cat, that's how you want to be marked, not sprayed. <laughs> right. So in the mornings, my cat is super affectionate. It's like she she can't, she just, endless head bumps. Like she'll just like, she'll get up onto the table where I'm working and she'll just like bump into my face over and over and over again with, with force. Right. Yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> um, Courtney Blair W. asked, what more can I do to help my indoor cat feel free? I love this question. Yeah, I, I love that question as well. Um, we kind of touched on it before, you know, the more mentally and physically active and stimulated you can keep your cat, the happier they will be, the happier you will be because they won't have behavior issues. Um, so, you know, my suggestion is give them as many play toys as you can. 
Um, a lot of indoor cats will get bored with toys fairly quickly. Um, going back to them being wild, like they killed that fake dead mouse like a hundred times this week. They're like, it's it's dead. Like I'm over it. I don't want to play with it anymore. So I try to do a rotation like every couple of weeks just to keep things fresh. Mm. Um, if the cat likes catnip, there are some really good like catnip sprays that you can put on the toys that can help entice them to play. Um, another thing that's really important for cats is vertical space. So they're one of the few animals that are both predator and prey. And so height kind of makes most cats feel more secure in their territory in the wild that helps them hunt, but it also prevents them from being hunted. Um, so vertical space is really great. Obviously make sure they have, you know, scratching posts and so forth so they don't scratch your furniture. Um, but really just kind of, you know, make your house cat friendly. Um, food puzzles are a really excellent way to give them some more mental stimulation. You know, in the wild, most of a cat's life revolves around food, right? They're hunting it all day. They're catching it. They're killing it. They're eating it. They're taking a little snooze and then they're doing it all over again. And so now we bring them inside. We put their food in a bowl and they're like, all right, cool. There's my lunch. I didn't have to do anything for it. Some cats are super excited about that. Like my orange cat, he wouldn't really do well if he had to hunt for his own food. Um, he likes just having it in a bowl. But most cats, when given the opportunity to forage and work for their food versus just eating it out of a bowl, would actually choose to work for their food as opposed to just snacking in the little bowl of cereal that they got. So um, give me like a give me like a real world example. How can I create like a food game for Delilah? So there's lots of ones that you can buy online, but to do just like a DIY one, um, I will sometimes just tape like the cardboard boxes that the cat food comes in, like tape two of them together. So it's kind of like a box and cut holes in it. Um, you can put food in it. You can put toys in it. Some cats will do both. Um, but egg cartons, um, ice cube trays. The only problem with those is they're pretty lightweight and cats are smart and they're like, okay, I just have to hit this once and all the food falls on the floor. <laughs> um, so just if you're going to do the ice cube tray or the egg carton, just, uh, make sure you like affix it to something. So it's not as easier as not as easy for them to tip. Super. So you would take an egg carton, like one of the paper mm -hmm. egg cartons, put the food in the carton mm -hmm. and then close it and then let them figure out how no, to open it. You can actually just leave the lid open. Um, just so they have to like use their, got it. Uh, do you like all these like cat things I'm doing over here? Like, yeah, no, it, it makes <laughs> sense though. It makes sense. Cause we don't think about this, you know, yeah. like I just want to have like my food on my plate. Right. I don't want to have to work for it. I, I just want, want to somebody to put it in front of me. Exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. So I'm going to get, I'm going to start giving her food in an yeah. egg carton. And you can even do, um, kind of like hide treats around the house. So that they feel like they're they're hunting, especially at night. If she wakes you up at night, give her give her stuff to do to keep her busy overnight. Wow, why do cats seemingly enter like ludicrous mode at night? You know, just naturally they are more active at dusk and dawn. Like in the wild, that's kind of when they when they do their hunting, and so is that also when they're hunted? Um, probably. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. So, well, yeah, that's why so they're, they're like, kind of like on edge. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. darting around and yeah, cats kind of always have one eye open, right? <laughs> mm, yeah so interesting. can't really sneak up on a cat my god they're such complex majestic they creatures they really are they really are yeah they're amazing veronica underscore smith underscore rocks love the confidence in that in that username veronica um asked how do i pick out an affectionate cuddly cat all right so um here's my shameless plug for cat cafe lounge i do a lot of volunteer work there um if this Veronica happens to be in Los Angeles. We're in West LA. We are a cat cafe. We're all rescue cats. Um, you know, it's 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 always hard to pick out a cat when they're not in a calm environment, right? And so at the shelters, you never really know what that cat's true personality is like. It's scary. There's all these sights and sounds and people coming and going and different smells. And so any animal really when they're in that shelter environment is kind of like scared and shut down and not showing their true colors. And so we work with local rescue groups and we have this just beautiful space. It's completely enriched for cats. There's floor to ceiling bridges and windows. And I think we're launching our catio, which is amazing, um, Labor Day weekend. And so the cats get to come there and it's kind of like their transitional housing. So they come out of a scary shelter or whatever their street rescue environment was. And they come into this place, it's just totally safe, all decked out for cats, as much enrichment as they could possibly want. Um, and the cats just kind of blossom into like their true personality. So you can go to a place like that and actually sit down for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, get to know the cat, spend time with it, really see what its personality is like um, instead of just 
going to, not that you should not go to the shelter, please always adopt from your shelter or local rescue group, but um, to really see the personality, there's cat cafes out there now, which has been a really awesome um, way to get cats adopted. So cool. And you could also foster. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I mean, actually, when I, when I first got Delilah, my, the intent was to foster her to see if she was like, to see if she was affectionate, an affectionate, cuddly cat. Yeah. Because that's kind of the only cat that I would really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just felt completely in love with her. Yeah. You know? I only meant to have three cats. So, yeah. Just be prepared when you foster your project. It's so funny. <laughs> um, Drew to Katie. I don't know how to pronounce his username, but uh, Drew to K- Kate. I don't know. Asked, why do cats bring dead mice or birds home? So it could be a couple of things. Um, cats are opportunistic hunters. And so when the opportunity for the cat to catch something presents itself, the cat will catch it, even though it's maybe not necessarily hungry. So that's why a lot of people find cats to be destructive species, unfortunately. I say they're just hungry and doing their job. Um, but it can also be kind of like a gift that they're bringing to their parents. So I prefer the not real animal <laughs> gifts um but yeah i've um i've often internally had this debate you know how like if you own a snake you go to the store and you buy a mouse to feed the snake would it be the ultimate gesture of love for my cat if i go to one of those stores and i buy a little mouse to let free in my house to then allow delilah to slaughter I am not into that kind of stuff. People ask that. Um, and it really depends on the cats. Like, I honestly think if I put a mouse in my house, like, my cats would befriend it. Like, a squirrel came into my catio. He chewed a hole and was in the catio with my cats. And my cats literally looked at him like, hey, dude, what's up? And I'm like, seriously? I don't want you to hurt the guy, but, like, tell him to stop chewing holes in the catio. Like, I don't need to be chasing a squirrel, like, through my house if he gets in the cat door so funny <laughs> yeah so my recommendation would be no okay whether or not that's a right or wrong answer i'll let you, i just you decide that yourself but don't tell me if you decide to go forward with that. <laughs> i mean mostly i would just be afraid of the bloodbath you know if, if delilah actually was into the uh you know mauling it the the mouse um the cleanup i think would be, would be yeah pretty cats tricky. are kind of gnarly hunters um i would i would never do that uh, for anybody wondering, um, <laughs> Julie Hollingsworth asked, why do cats love to knock things off tables and counters? I can't tell you how many times my AirPods have been sitting on like my table and Delilah just like leaps up, plays hockey with it until it falls on the floor. And of course, the case opens up, the iPods, yeah. the, the AirPods like, you know, fly out in every in every which way. Why do they do that? So a couple of different reasons. One, going back to cats know exactly what buttons to push. Um, it gets our attention, right? They knock something off the counter. We pay attention to them, even if we're like, oh, what are you doing? They're like, mm-hmm, I got your attention. Um, so cats, you know, unless it's super negative, which I would not recommend, um, attention is attention to a cat, right? Whether it's you telling them they're a knucklehead for knocking your stuff on the floor or you're playing with them, they're like, yeah, I got it. Um, but also just out of boredom, it's an activity, keeps them busy. They're always down to have some fun. So there's something there that, looks enticing to knock on the floor they'll they'll knock it on the floor so um again the more stuff you can have out that's appropriate for your cat to play with the better um that way they kind of leave your stuff alone i also feel like in a way they're 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 like investigating whatever it Mm -hmm. is that they're playing with they're trying to figure out if it's alive if it's you know absolutely yeah they are cats are like little investigators they are yes they like to do lots of exploring a lot of cats will like chew on random things too just to have the feel and texture oh man this is such a good question so a luck us a luckus or a luck us asked why do cats quickly change their mood from snuggling to attack (laughs) so i don't know the scientific reason behind it but um all cats get overstimulated it just kind of depends on what their timer is right are you able to pet them exactly 2.743 times for before they freak out or do they have a really long timer and you can pet them for 20 minutes. Um, I've heard that cats have, um, you know, more, more sense senses in their fur, you know, it kind of gets them on like sensory overload whenever they're 
petted too much or petted in the wrong place. Some cats don't like to be petted like by their butt. Some cats love my cat who played the bum drums. He loves like to be like smacked on his butt. It's really <laughs> weird, but a lot of cats love it. A lot of cats will try to kill you if you do it. Um, but yeah, just kind of personal preference to how they like to be touched and how long. But how much of that attacking is like inconvenient to us because we don't have fur to protect us from their from their nails and their teeth right like is that does that continue to be a playful gesture like would they would they bite and claw at their you know their sister their brothers mm -hmm. their sisters like their yep. you know their yep. companions yep absolutely so they get agitated you know i foster a lot and i'll have kittens around and my older cats are great with the kittens but eventually they're like all right you are an annoying little thing like stop touching my tail and they'll just hmm. Back to the microphone um and i'll just like bop them on the head or like kiss or whatever so um you know cats who grow up with more than one cat they are able to teach each other manners because they can understand more like okay well you just bit me that hurts whereas it's harder for us to communicate like oh you bit me you shouldn't do that um so they will absolutely bite or swat at another animal as well yeah so interesting just tilt the mic a little bit more so that it's like yeah perfect Perfect. Max with the puns. Um, we don't have that much time left, but uh, just a few more questions um, and then and then we'll let you go. I want to be respectful of your time. And I also want to give, uh, you know, listeners a way to get in touch with you if they've got, you know, follow up questions. You you're you also are L.A. based and you see clients regularly. So yep. if anybody's in L.A. and they want to. <laughs> Delilah just went shooting down the hall. Did she? Yeah. Delilah, come back. Join us. <laughs> Um, so ALB 500 asked, why all the sitting in boxes? It's genius. I love it. But why? <laughs> so, um, cats, uh, again, like to feel secure. And so boxes are, <laughs> there she goes again, um, are kind of like these tight little cubbies that like they're essentially protected from all sides, um, less likely to be ambushed. So it's just kind of a, a sense of, of safety and security for them. Um, again, something to do. Cats like to always be exploring their environment and entertaining. When I get my food deliveries, I like to like put out like one of the trays that the, the canned food comes in and within like three seconds, there's a cat in it. Wow. Yeah. And they're also like kind of always like, like you said, they, they sleep with one eye open. They're always like kind of on the defense. Yeah. Is that why cats like to hang out under tables? You know, sometimes maybe they're not feeling as confident or. Yeah. So cats are, um. Some cats like to be up high and they feel more safe. Some cats prefer to be um, down low and kind of hidden away to feel safe. Um, again, just depends on the cat. Some cats equally like to be up high and out of harm's way. And some like to be underneath beds and little cubbies and tables and things like that. But um, typically they will rest a little bit better if they're, you know, either high up or, or kind of hidden and tucked away. What a, do you know? What can you tell me about cats? Like the way that their vision, their vision system works. So it's it's different than ours. Um, they are obviously able to see much better in dark um, and dusk than we are, um, but they actually see less colors than we do. So um, not all colors of the spectrum are quite as as visible to cats, um, and I might be saying this backwards, but I think they're able to see like greens and blues better than like reds and oranges and yellows. Interesting. So, yeah. They're also, correct me if I'm wrong, I read once that they are farsighted. So they definitely do see differently. Like if you look in the like scientific textbooks, I don't know how they decide how a cat sees, but yeah, it's almost like blurry. Yeah. yeah. Like I find sometimes that Delilah doesn't see as well something that's like right yep. up close mm -hmm. like to her face you know if i've got like food and i'm putting it right yeah. in front of her face it's not as easier as easy for her to see that right as if it's like a few feet out yep you know yeah it's especially apparent with um my siamese boy he's not really cross-eyed but if he's tired or he's looking at something too close up 
you can definitely tell that he's like trying to look at it and he totally goes cross-eyed with his cute little blue eyes. Wow. I wonder, I mean, from a, from an evolutionary standpoint, that's probably a, like a trait that like other hunt, you know, animals that are primarily hunters yeah. have, you know, so that they can like see their prey or they can see what's coming after them. Yep, exactly. And then they have like weird things. Like have you ever seen the little like fur that's, or whisker that's like in the back of their leg? I, yeah, I recently found out that cats have whiskers on their feet. Yeah. So it's, it's basically to like help, them feel if the prey is trying to squirm away seriously uh-huh. wow yeah they have all kinds of interesting things like they have a floating clavicle so that they can like really like flatten themselves out to get under things that's amazing yeah. is that how they're able to squeeze through uh-huh. seemingly impossibly small yeah. spaces wow yeah. what else what else blows your mind about, oh, about gosh the i don't the have you ever noticed on their teeth like on their really pointy tooth i should know the sharp one the, yeah, the, fang? Like, yeah. the canine even though it's on a cat it's all the feline um there's actually like a a line it's like for the blood no way Uh they've got a blood supply in their teeth no it's like for when they're eating they can suck blood well i don't know if they can suck it but it kind of like yeah it's interesting it's just a channel for Mm -hmm. blood wow that's amazing Mm -hmm. that's so cool and their little tiny front teeth are like for you know cleaning the bones they're so cute those little front teeth i need to learn to um brush her teeth is that a, is that important is that it important is yes. aspect of cat ownership yep vet visits dental visits um you know cats again going back to being both predator and prey they're very good at hiding their health issues and unfortunately a lot of times they hide their issues so long that by the time we take them to the vet things are progressed a lot further than they would be if we were you know say taking them for their physical you're like we should be hmm. um so you know i definitely am a big proponent for you know annual checkups for your cat just like you do for yourself hopefully um there's a lot of home vet visit home home vets that will come to your house now because obviously part of the reason people don't take their cat to the vet is because the cat doesn't like to travel it's stressful for everybody um but you know the the healthier and more preventative maintenance you can do with your cat up front the longer healthier they'll be down the road um, so yeah, vet and vet visits are very important. Dental health is super important. I want to say it's by the time they're like three or four, like most cats have some form of dental disease and I'm sure it's similar with humans. Most of my health stuff I know about animals and not humans, but, um, dental disease can actually lead to like comorbidities and issues with, with other bodily functions. So, um, yeah, having their teeth cleaned is, is pretty important. So. Yeah. I was going to take Delilah and to get a, um, like a cleaning where they put the cat under mm-hmm. and yep. then they, but then the, the risk, uh, like reward thing kind of, you know, like, uh, I wasn't sure whether or not the benefits of that, that once a year cleaning was going to be worth the risk of putting them under, under and anesthesia. So not all cats need the cleaning once a year. Your vet can kind of guide you through that. Um, I have a couple of cats with terrible teeth. They get their teeth cleaned every year. Um, I have a couple that like need their teeth cleaned every five years. So just kind of stay up on it. Um, but the problem with the non-anesthesia dentistry um, for cats is that like it's a super stressful experience. Can you imagine like holding Delilah down and trying to like scrape her teeth? Um, like I just can't imagine that's good for like the person doing it or for the cat. And going back to what we talked about with stress manifesting in cats like if they're super stressed out now they can end up with urinary crystals or utis or upper respiratory infections so my personal opinion is that it's definitely worth the risk of anesthesia obviously your vet will do all the pre-blood work and all of that to make sure it's healthy for them Um, but the other thing with a non-anesthesia dental is they can't really get up under the gum lines and that's really where you know a lot of the disease lies um so yeah yeah very, very, very convincing argument. <laughs> um, I mean, I care about her. I care about her, which yeah. means that I'm gonna. Ca- I care about her teeth. Yeah. I'm like my cats. I think would probably rather be knocked out than be awake through all of that. <laughs> I imagine they would thank me for it. Yeah. Not that they would ever thank me for anything, but if they did, if they could, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this was super fun. Thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was like really fun, and I learned a lot. Um, and I'm sure my listeners are going to appreciate this. Isn't it crazy how fast talking about cats go? It's, I mean, (laughs) I could keep going for another hour. I mean, I'm just, but I, but I feel like I'm just one of those like annoying and embarrassing parents, you know, or I just like, all I want to do is helicopter dad. The helicopter dad. Is that, what is that? It's like just a, 
Daddy's yeah, just like over overbearing, like into everything, kind of. That's yeah. pretty much me with Delilah. Yeah. Yep. Um, she's like, I mean, again, she's like my little daughter. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So thank you for coming out. Yeah. yeah I've got just you. like just one last question for uh-huh. you that uh, sort of gets asked everybody on the show. But before we get to that, um, how can listeners find you on the internet? Yes. Yeah, so um, my consulting business is called the Cat Counselor. I am local to Los Angeles, so the website's just thecatcounselor.com. Um, at the cat counselor on Instagram, um, and same thing on Facebook. So pretty easy. Email address is just info at the cat um, and my name is Kristen. And people with like cat behavior questions, you know, yep. treat uh, behavior issues and things like that can hit you up. And yeah, yeah, I, I generally do in home visits. Um, always best to assess the the whole environment and situation. Yeah. Um, obviously in this virtual world, I've been doing a lot of virtual things, but. Um, I still prefer to do in person just because there's so many things that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on um, in the virtual world. But yeah, anything from litter box issues to aggression, introductions, getting people ready for a new baby, even if you're not having behavior issues. I know one of the listeners asked how they can make their cat happier. Um, so pretty much any gamut of, of behavior issues. Just make sure if you notice any behavior issues that you first take your cat to the vet because a lot of the behavior changes are sparked by by health changes super interesting yeah i did um i i remember learning that with my first cat harlem that um cats when they're sick they don't they don't really show it right you know they could be dealing with something you would never know so it's important Mm -hmm. to for those like regular what like an annual every 12 months Mm -hmm. Hmm. um super interesting good to know uh I think one of the, like, I hope that in the future we can develop a technology that allows us to read a cat's or our pet's minds. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Or, like, allow them to speak. Right. You know? I don't know if I'd want to know all the things that they were saying, though. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine all the things that they see. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that would be that would be, that would be amazing. I would love to know, what, like, what Delilah's thinking. You I know? spend way too much of my life pretending I know what they're thinking or saying, but. <laughs> they are... They are mysterious, you know, they're, they're amazing creatures. Are there any good like books or documentaries that you would recommend? So there's a really cute one with it called like the lion in the living room. Mm. It was really good. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah. That was cool. Um, and then there's actually quite a few good like books out there now about, uh, just kind of catifying your life. I'm sure everybody knows Jackson galaxy and no, Benjamin. They, he's my cat from hell guy. Um, what, what's that? He's a cat behaviorist. He had a show on um, Animal Planet. Wow. So like he did this, you know, on TV. But um, he wrote a book with Kate Benjamin and I think it's called like Catification or something like that. But it's really good. Just kind of shows you how to deck out your house and make it more more cat friendly. Cat friendly. Uh, yeah. Love that. We'll check it out. Cool. Well, the last question that gets asked everybody on this show. Kristen, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? Take it wherever you'd like. Oh, to live a genius. Well, um, you know, for me, it's just kind of uh, making sure I'm making a positive impact. And no matter what I do, whether it's my full time job or working with cats or just educating people on cats, um, kind of reducing my footprint on this planet. We're only here once. And so kind of try to pull it all together and just be the best that we can be and kind to all of those around us whether they're human or animals love that couldn't have said it better myself thank you so much thank you that was awesome to all you guys out there in podcast land thank you so much for tuning in uh share this episode of the show if you learned something share it with your favorite cat lover out there i would appreciate that so would Kristen. and text me to let me know what you thought of the show my number is 310-299-9401 and i will catch you on the next episode peace